Welcome to the Butts and Seeds podcast, episode number 45, the last full episode we'll be recording in this apartment, and it, we're under a wind advisory, apparently. Yeah. Because of course we are. Of course we are. There's like thunderstorms rolling through. Like, not currently, but we'll see. I'm Nick, alongside Emily. As always. Emily, how you doing? I'm, you know, I'm here. We're getting ready for a wedding. Not ours. Oh no, this podcast will know when we decide to get married. Because this is going to turn into a wedding planning podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. This is news to me. Yeah, the cat hits a leg drop. And, you know, I was thinking maybe I, I, like I, I, might, yeah, I might do those shoes. <laughs> I might have the bridesmaids in the, the cat's robes. Oh, I figured mm. you were studying the Nitro Girls attires for bridesmaids outfits. I don't hate my friends that much. <laughs> you told me you don't want Spice to be one of your bridesmaids. I didn't say that. So, Emily, what is it we do here? Uh, we take a week-by-week week look at the slow but inevitable downfall of WCW in the late 1990s. That's our verbiage, and we're sticking with it. Yep. Which, actually, that will... You added the 1990s. The, well, just the way I said it sounded wrong. Well, I was going to say, we're going to be running out of the 90s soon. It's the we're in very August. late 90s, early aughts. I hate the phrase, the aughts. I know <laughs> that's correct, but I've just never really... In, or that, At least we're like, not calling it the naughties. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that, that, that's more upsetting. So this is the April 2nd, 1999 Monday Nitro, live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which, begging the question, okay, they're going to be in South Dakota in 13 days, so it's like, where are they next week? They're, I didn't look it up. Did you look it up? They're in Boise, Idaho. So they're leaving South Dakota to go to Idaho. Is there, Are they connected? So they do not touch. It's actually a lot further than I thought, because Sturgis is in western South Dakota, and I'm like, okay, maybe Idaho's close there, but Wyoming takes up a lot of that. It is a 14-hour drive from Boise to Sturgis. But they're already in South I mean, Dakota. Granted, whoever, yeah. whoever planned this, stupid. I mean, they probably also have some house shows, but um, yeah, it's it's a far drive. Uh, Sioux Falls is five hours from Sturgis, and that is your uh, geography lesson for the day. There will be a quiz at the end of the episode. I will fail. <laughs> Something we've been missing, and I don't feel the need to do the quiz version of this. Uh, the ratings over the last couple weeks. I know we at least didn't do it last week. I don't know how far back we've not been doing it. Uh, last week was a 3.4 to Raw's 7.1. Jesus. And this week was a 3.1 to Raw's 5.9. Last Raw had a stinker of an episode. I... Comparatively. This episode... <laughs> I'm six. sorry. This episode of Nitro sucked. I did not like this episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. We're, we're opposite of last week. Yeah. Yeah. We I was I had very a, I had a lovely time. Episode. All right. Well, we'll have to see where we uh, differ for this because I thought this was a breath of fresh air. It wasn't super notable, but I'm like, okay, this is It a... had house show energy. Yeah. But... It was in like a smaller arena. Everyone was kind of like there, but not there for the wrestling. Like there's kind of like in a room i don't know it, di- it didn't feel like anybody was doing anything that was exciting new adventurous dangerous anything fun for the audience to see they were playing it very very safe which gave me house show vibes i don't disagree with you i just thought I, pretty much every match was good so i'm like <sighs> okay I, I yeah we'll see where where we differ going forward we open with a recap of last week's nitro and then we have Scott Hudson and Bobby Heenan again. I'm like, Jesus. What the hell happened to Tony Schiavone? He'll be back next week. Thank God. I miss him. Scott throws to a Hogan and Nash package, which is weird because there's no vocals, even though it has clips of them talking on the mic. It's yeah. just an instrumental. And then Hudson notes on Thunder, Harlem Heat got back together. And then we see the clip. And I'm like, oh, it's a nice little moment. Yeah. So Booker officially made Stevie completely forego the NWO. Yes. Like officially, officially, Harlem Heat is together. Stevie Ray is not in the NWO. I feel like that could have happened on Nitro. 100% could have. It was a, oh, well. it was a nice little moment. <laughs> and they're going to challenge the triad to a title match at Road Wild. They really flip-flop between calling it Sturgis and Road Wild. Yeah. It's kind of confusing if you don't know where Road Wild's going to be, I guess. It, it, it's in the same spot every year, so I guess they're just assuming that everybody remembers from the previous years. Yeah, I guess. I think that's just a dangerous assumption to make. So even though they're challenging the triad to a title match at Road Wild, they're just also doing that match now. Yeah. It is Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow with DDP versus Harlem Heat. Before the match, they, the triad grab a mic and DDP heals on the crowd. They insult Chris Benoit's mother, which Benoit takes very personally. 
<laughs> what was the yo mama joke? Uh, it was the ugly contest. Sorry, your no mom is so ugly. How ugly is she? That's like my favorite bit of yo mama jokes. I don't know why it makes me laugh every time. I don't even care about the punchline. Just the how ugly is she? So DDP then shifts focus to Benoit and how David Flair is so much better than Benoit. Yikes. Bam Bam Bigelow virtually says nothing here. Yeah, he honestly says very little. I think he if, just if anything, says. Does he say anything? He does say, "How ugly is she?" Oh, okay. And like maybe another like unison line, but he has no promo of his own. Wait, what was the 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 punchline of the? Because we just kind of skirted over that. Oh, I was saying she entered the ugly contest, and they said, "Sorry, no professionals." Harlem Heat then comes out, and it's just Booker T's entrance music. I'm like, and mostly just Booker kind of like leading, and Stevie Ray's just kind of following well, behind. Stevie Ray hasn't had theme music of his own for a long time now because he's just been in the black and white. Even then, they, was, they, they were just using the Harlem Heat theme. So I don't, well, I don't know the Harlem Heat theme. I, I know Booker's theme. I don't know if it's just the same song or not. Stevie the, Ray, as far as I know, does not have his own theme music. DDP seemingly gets sent to the back at the beginning of this match. Just like he vanishes. Yeah, I'm not really sure where or, like, why. Because they say on commentary that they're doing the, like, rotating triple thing. Yes. But DDP has left. DDP has gone. And so also, it doesn't matter if they're Rick, doing the rotating triple thing. Well, Ric Flair is also no longer in control, so it makes no sense for them to be allowed to do the rotating thing. I think they're phasing out people being in charge. Yeah, they, they definitely have some moments of, like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. I mean, yeah. the, the main thing I can make the argument for it's like oh maybe it was in like the title contract like the t- title match contract so once they lose you're it should end, inserting I kayfabe where there is none yeah just looking for logic yeah you're looking real hard <laughs> match starts up tempo early on with booker and canyon and the crowd is pretty hot tonight i didn't think they were that hot at all canyon tags in dramatically to bam bam bigelow bam bam works over stevie ray for the most part Stevie hits a suplex on Bigelow, but it has little effect. Kind of like using tackle on a Steelix. And there it is. Had a little effect, not no effect, so. Welcome to the Butts in the Seeds podcast, your number one podcast source for all things Pokemon, apparently. See, the worst thing that could have happened is someone tweeting and going, I love all the Pokemon references. God damn it. Look what you've done. Thank you, whoever you are. No. We're fighting. <laughs> we just need to who's that Pokemon. It's my body. <laughs> and then we'll have peaked. Perfect. Stevie Ray makes a lukewarm tag to Booker after a clothesline on Canyon. Who's like, okay, he's there. Yeah. Canyon hits a slingshot elbow and then slams Booker, followed by a diving headbutt from Bam Bam Bigelow. We get a double clothesline from Booker and Bam Bam Bigelow, and then we get a double hot tag back to Stevie Ray and Canyon. It's not even that this match was boring. This match was not boring. I just thought that it could have been significantly more energized with especially with the people that are involved i expect more when it's this group of people yeah i wonder if because they're doing the match again in less than two weeks and they do this again with another match later on too that's like we're doing i can't remember we'll come up against it but they somebody makes a promo and they're like i'll see you at sturgis but i don't want to wait that long get out here like why i why are but let's just wait well that one doesn't lead to a match I guess that's fair. So Stevie Ray cleans house, Harlem sidekick from Booker to Canyon, and they just kind of swap the legal men at some point. Booker goes up top for a missile drop kick, but then DDP suddenly appears to interfere, and then even more suddenly, Chris Benoit appears and stops this DDP. This is like the sloppiest interference. Like, Especially, again, for this group. I have such high expectations for this group. Well, we, we literally weren't even sure at first. Like, did Benoit even get there in time, or did just yeah, we had to DDP back up. slip on a banana peel? And it's still <laughs> unclear. No, it's. I wouldn't even blame it on Benoit. I wouldn't even say that he got there late. I blame it on the camera guy. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, the camera guy entirely missed his whole entrance and his whole dramatic hitting uh, DDP with a belt. Like, if the camera saw it, it would be a lot clearer that it was not a mistake, but one hand wasn't talking to the other, I guess. Booker hits the missile dropkick and Harlem Heat win. Ooh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
To be fair, we're recording this on a significant delay, so the Oscars will be like a month and a half old by the time it's true. It comes <laughs> that out. joke is so dead by now. Oh, no. Thoughts on the match as a whole? Underwhelmed. I want more from these people. I have seen them all do better. This is the first match of the night. Usually the first match is fairly good if it's somebody like up in the card like this. Like if it's a, like a Kidman match or something, they, it, it brings energy. It brings the heat. It gets the audience excited. This was played so safely to me that I was bored. And I hate that I was bored. I don't want to be bored. I think I had lower hopes for this combination just because Stevie Ray isn't particularly good and Bam Bam hasn't been particularly good. I mean, he's fine, but like... Yeah. So basically, it's just like, all right, let's see what Canyon and Booker can do. And I think Canyon and Booker would do a fantastic one-on-one match. And I think that they could have showcased that more in this matchup, but they didn't. I mean, we've had that match recently, too. Was it recent? I feel like it has. But we'll see these guys again in, you know, two episodes. We then go backstage. Lenny and Lodi chat about the cat's bunny slippers for like 15 seconds. Yeah, they barely even like... It's a load-bearing segment. You can barely even segment. hear them. Yeah, this is a load-bearing <laughs> segment because this will be important later for some reason. For some reason. Yeah, they just like his shoes. They want to know where he got his shoes. Where do you think the cat shops? Ignoring the fact that the cat clearly did not buy the slippers. Right. No, I thought they were talking about the red slippers. No, they like the bunny ones. I thought they were talking about the dance No, they think they mentioned the fact that it's the bunny slippers. Did they? I don't know. After that, we get the Nitro opening, and then the Nitro girls are back. Yeah, they took a week off, and now they're back with all this new choreography, new costuming. They look great. I think I know why they're learning all this new choreography with new costuming and everything. Later on in this episode, they commentary talks about how there is a Nitro girls pay-per-view Coming up next week, I believe. And the footage is so raunchy and so risque that they can't even show promotional footage for it. Okay, so... I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, so I was looking into this a little bit. Not like that. (laughs) Because that line came off so like, oh, it's too... So porny, yeah. It's too hot for TV. Apparently, that's a bit of a shoot. Or like TNT and TVS, are like, please don't promote this on our network because basically, oh, so it's it is just corny. Yeah. Oh my god. So again, why do they need new choreography for that? I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't search up the pay per view. I didn't watch it. Did you? No. <laughs> that was a really quick answer. I feel there, Nick. like this is not the first Nitro Girls pay per view either. I feel like is it not? Maybe the first pay per view. They did the calendar. But there's also like a calendar shoot or. I feel like they I don't think a, that was a full pay-per-view. That I, might have been a segment. I remember they randomly interviewed one of the Nitro girls for like a five-minute segment. Actually, like a whole vignette, and they never did any of them again. It was on one of the Nitros that like didn't have any wrestling in the entire first hour. Oh, my God. I want to so say that's the, that's the Here's to You, Mrs. Robinson episode. That was a while ago in the timeline. Yeah. I'm like very curious to like listen to somebody else's recap of what the Nitro girls' pay-per-view is. I want another podcast to cover it so I can listen to it and hear about it. I don't want to go find it and watch it. <laughs> Surprise, it's not on Peacock. We don't know that. I did just say that very confidently. I don't it's know. not. Emily, it's not going to be on Peacock. Only one way to know for sure. Hold on. If you want to search that, I'll search Pornhub, see if it ends Stop. up there. Stop. You're telling me it, it has a better chance of being on Pornhub than it does on Peacock. No results found. Yeah, but it's not on Peacock. Bummer. It, it Oh, sorry. There is the one-hour swimsuit calendar special on YouTube. That, Wait, I no, think, it, is what it's they the, were... It's this. It's on YouTube. That's this? Yeah, eight three ninety nine. Oh, so it's tomorrow in this timeline. Yes, they mentioned that too, but yeah. Oh, my God. Right. It's an hour long. Nick. <laughs> Let's see how... I'm going to skim this. How... Uh, it's... Jesus. It's just titties. Really? It also looks like it's shot with the same camera that they shoot softcore porn. Like just a little soft. Yeah. Why? Why did this need to exist? You can search that for yourself. We're not we're not linking that on our Twitter. Oh, the link to that? Yeah, no. We're not No. <laughs> so back to the actual episode. Sting then comes out and he needs other gear. Like he does. Like what happened to his duster? Well, the duster can come on and off, but he has one look, and he has no street clothes. You would never know he's president because he doesn't come out in, like, dad at a PTA meeting outfits the way that, you know, well, Ric Flair did. I don't know what segment they note this in, but effectively after this week, he's not going to be president. Did they mention that? Yes. He is in the process of turning over WSW back to the network. Oh, I totally missed that line. Yep. I think it's Eric Bischoff 
in like a random other match is like, oh yeah, by the way, Sting has been drafting paperwork that's giving it back to the network. I mean, good. I don't like this whole angle of one of the wrestlers owns the net, the the company. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Just it's the most like boring way of like yeah, in the middle dumb. of like the Shane Douglas match. It's like, hey, by the way. <laughs> but Sting is here and he's back in black in the house. Which is not a thing. So we had a game when we were watching this. Um Nick stupidly said <laughs> as soon as this segment started that if Sting says he's back in black, he's gonna take a shot of something random out of the like of out of our liquor cabinet. Now we have a pretty extensive liquor cabinet. And we are trying to whittle it down before we move. So what did you take a shot of? We made Applejack shots. Oh, it, that was Applejack shots. Yeah, it was just warm, so it wasn't... Yeah, it was disgusting. So we used Fireball and Green Apple Schnapps, right? To make Applejack shots, which on their own, delicious. That like, If you put it over ice and put it in a shaker, divine. Warm, lukewarm... Lukewarm fireball in general, disgusting. Oh my god, I love these shots. We took a lot of them over Thanksgiving because we had a party. But warm, my god, I wanted to die. I don't know why I took the shot because you were the one that said that you wanted to take it. But like you said, I'm gonna make apple jacks. I was like, I want an apple jack shot. Yeah, yeah I like how so we both I, suffered. I, I, like, I don't know why. Immediately explains why. Yeah, I, it, it just takes me talking through it to realize that I am also stupid. So Sting doesn't like how last week turned out, calls out Sid and Rick Steiner, but he needs a partner, which prompts Goldberg chance. Oh, I guess it's unanimous. Who wants me to ask Goldberg? Well, at least he actually does ask Goldberg and not Goldberg. Hulk Hogan, get out here. That's true. That would have been annoying. So he asks him to be his partner and says he'll be back at the top of the hour to find out if it's showtime, folks. And we, we looked and we're like 22 minutes into the file. We're like, that's, that's like 10 minutes. Yeah, if we're going off of like network with commercials or whatever, if we're 22 minutes into the file, the hour would be at what, 40? 42? Maybe a little earlier, but there's literally one match and one interview in between now and then. Yeah, it's weird. So we'll see Sting in like, you know, 20 minutes. We get a weird graphic, but it rode wild. It'll be the cat versus Buff Bagwell. There's a lot of like weird, sudden graphics tonight. Yeah, but at least they're announcing the card for Sturgis, you know? Yeah, I would take them just doing one, like, here's the whole card rather than here's one match on this card throughout the entire night. Yeah. Like, they really don't do that in WCW. Just like, hey, here's everything that's going to happen at Road Wild. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the first time that they're really laying it out like this, though. Yeah. I mean, I I don't hate it because there have been other pay-per-views that the the episode before it were like, I don't know what the hell is going to be on this card. How are they even considering selling this? What's there to sell? There's something to sell. You don't know what you're selling. But this, at least you get it. <laughs> Two weeks ahead of time, too. We go from the graphic to the cat with Sunny Onu. Onu! Again, we feel like they, they changed the spelling. It, it, it has two O's again, but... It definitely had one O at one point. We're not crazy. The cat has a mic, and he says that the blackface wasn't funny. Maybe in 1920 it was. I'm so glad that he called it out. Yeah. I'm so happy that he is showing that he's pissed about it, because if he's just passively whatever about it, then it's fine. But no, it's not fine. Good for the cat. I don't like the cat, but good for him in this moment. He reminds everybody that he's a three-time karate world champion without his red shoes. Mm. He then calls out Lenny and Lodi for talking about him earlier. I'm like, really? Talking about how much they liked his shoes. I don't get this call out. And holy hell, are they glittery. Oh, yeah. They are I think commentary notes it, too, where it's like, oh, it's a lot of glitter. It's so much I would not let those men in my house. I have a no glitter rule in in anywhere I'm living. Yeah, Christmas is hard because a lot of Christmas cards have glitter on them. I'm like, open them the hallway. It's not coming in. (laughs) Or at least it can come in once it's out of the envelope where half the glitter falls off. Fair. I made the mistake of bringing, like, a glittery deer into your car once. There's still glitter in your car. <laughs> they get in the ring, Cat knocks their heads together, and I guess this is just Lenny in the match? It was supposed to be just Lenny, yeah. <laughs> On commentary, Scott Hudson praises Buff Bagwell's impression, and I'm like, okay, bud. Yeah, you really want to praise that? No. Sonny Ono baits Lodi into a big cat kick. Another big kick to Lenny, and the cat wins. So during this match, Lenny and Lodi are wearing kind of matching or corresponding undies, for lack of a better term. It's promoting Lodi's webpage, which is literally LodiPage.com. 
because I was not interested in this match and it ended so quickly, I did a little search and I looked up what's going on on LodiPage.com in, 20, in 2022. It's for sale. It's available. And I'm so tempted. So because there was nothing on it and I wanted like something out of this, I went on the Wayback Machine and I lost a lot of time and a lot of my attention to the Wayback Machine because I could go in and go to this date in 1999 and see what was on LodiPage.com. It's not much. It's just like a fan page, but it's got like the, it, it's so 90s it hurts. Yeah, it's one of those where most of the photos are gone at this yeah. point. So the w- website's kind of unreadable. It really is. Like all the JPEGs are gone, but there's like a couple of links that's like email Lodi and it's like an AOL link. <laughs> it literally just links to AOL.com. Oh, it's so 90s. Have you had to pay for AOL specifically? You had to get the disc and download AOL. Yeah, but we now pay for internet anyway. So. I know, but just the idea that you had to buy a CD to install the internet. This was a one-time fee, not a monthly. Well, did you have AOL? Yep. Were you an AOL kid? What was your AIM name? No, I'm not going to say I still use it now. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, God. Well, I mean, I, I've been phasing it out. It's just a matter of like some of my old email and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, that's still the username. <laughs> I don't, I think mine was like, my mom set it up for me. So it's my first initial, my middle initial, and my last name. It was really boring. Anyway, Cat um, clears the ref from the ring. Thoughts on the match? What match? <laughs> yeah, it was quick. I thought it was important to put the cat over as like, oh no, this guy like actually can kick someone's ass. I it, guess that's he does, true. Like, he doesn't need the shoes. Like he is a threat to buff Bagwell. Sure. But putting him against Lenny and Lodi to show that he's a big deal. Uh... I mean, I didn't say a big deal. I just said that, like, you know, he can be dangerous. I don't know. I guess Lenny and Lodi, though. Like, they are the lowest of low, like, threat level. I mean, Eddie Guerrero beat them together week, and you didn't have any issue with that. That was more putting them in their place. That wasn't putting over Eddie. That was more like, you kids need to learn oh. where you stand in WCW. That's how I took it, at least. Oh, no. It was meant to be, look how good Eddie is. Oh, I took it differently. He beat the- look how quick he beat them. He's so good. That was the entire point of that segment. I just don't see them as that kind of a threat. I don't get it. Whatever. Oh, they're not. It's just a matter of, you know, at the end of the day, they are still professional wrestlers. Yeah, professional. They get paid. That's true. They just signed a new contract. Speaking of brothers, oh, next up Lord. is the Road Wild graphic for Hogan and Nash, brother. Dude, brother. And then continuing on brothers, we get a Mean Gene in interview with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. This segment is another one that's like, what is, th- why? this episode's a house show. This is a house show. Hogan needs a new shirt. He keeps coming out in the NWO shirt. I'm like, dude, it doesn't exist anymore. And you're actively feuding with the guy who comes out of the Wolfpack theme. That's true. Yeah, he does need a new shirt. Like, you're coming out to Voodoo Child, which... Yeah, he should just come back in the Hulkamania shirt or something. Which I recently found out Dennis Rodman is also using Voodoo Child. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awkward. He just doesn't have his own theme because back when he was here last time, he was just coming out with Hogan. I mean, you can do that, but like... Give him another generic-ass theme. Don't give him Voodoo Child. Like, we know that one. We know that belongs to Hogan. So during the interview, Mean Gene wears the belt again. I'm like, again, book it. (laughs) Hulk Hogan is wearing a paperclip necklace. Did you notice this? (laughs) He cuts a mild... I don't know why. He cuts a mildly coked-up promo. It's 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 like, like a seven. Oh, yeah. It was pretty hard to follow. I mean, I understood the gist of it, but I couldn't tell you the words that he was saying. Well, he, he keeps calling Nash Kevina and Kevette, and he's like, I'm going to shoot, brother. Nash is trying to take my spot. It's like, I got him? Okay. It's like, yeah, you're just like the others. And I'm like, yeah, there's been a lot of them. Yeah, he just, he has, like, nothing to say, but a lot of time to say it. Hogan's is offering Nash a shot tonight, and we'll sit here and wait, and then he just doesn't. <laughs> he literally says, like, I got nothing going on tonight. I'll challenge you. Something along those lines to the point where it feels like you're just challenging him tonight because you're bored. Yeah. And we don't even really get Kevin Nash saying, nah. No. That just doesn't happen. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't happen. So we're back to Sting now. That was Oh, yeah. It's top of the hour. Invites Goldberg to come out. Goldberg, you know, is on his way. Then gets blindsided by Rick Steiner and Sid Vicious. Sting then goes to make the save, and they double-team Sting and bring him out of the ring. Sting fights them off for a little while, but then gets caught with a choke slam. Goldberg kicks the door open, and the heels bail once he gets to the ring. He, yeah. I don't know when it happens, but he 
might have had like a chunk of the back of his head taken out. They talk about it later. No, because yeah, he has like a big knot in the back of his head. What the hell happened? I don't know. Because like a couple weeks ago, he had the big gash in the front of his head. Longer than a few weeks ago, but no, but it, it happened yeah. a few weeks ago, but it kept getting busted open. He was always like, well, that was, was like the, the last week he had like blood on his forehead. Well, all right, well, no, that was from headbutting the locker. Oh, the chunk out of his head is back from January. Okay, which semi related. I was watching something and it had a Goldberg clip and it had the big dark mark on you know the, <laughs> the Ash Wednesday looking oh, mark yeah. in the front of his head, and I went, ah, I know when that clip's from. <laughs> For some reason recently, Goldberg has been trending on Twitter and just like, it just keeps coming up that like Bret Hart hates Goldberg. And it just comes up on Twitter randomly every couple of months, I guess. See, I, I just randomly wanted to go back and find the clip of uh, Biggie talking about big meaty men slapping meat. Big meaty men. You over here teeing? Talking about my dream? You teeing? I love Biggie. Biggie had his push and it wasn't enough. He needs more. <laughs> Back to the action. Goldberg grabs a mic and says, why wait? Uh, for what? Okay, this is what I was talking about. They keep saying, like, I'm going to fight you, but why wait? Let's do it right now, brother. Like, what's the point of the pay-per-view if you keep doing all the well, matches? Th- this wasn't even pay-per-view. This is just, why wait for the main event? Let's just do it now. Okay, but even so, like, why can't we just build to something? Why does it have to happen right here, right now? Let's have a build. Let's make it a little bit more exciting when it actually happens. Let's stop just cutting to it. Commentary mm-hmm. notes that that'll be a match later tonight. That'll be the main event. And then we get some awkward replays before we go to commercial. And then another replay once we get back from commercial. Oh my like, God, it's kind of yeah. weird. In case you missed it 17 times over. Moving on to our third match of the night, and definitely has the house show feel of, like, why is this happening? It is Evan Courageous versus the Disco Inferno. I mean, I do love Disco Inferno's outfit, so I'll give it that. Well, he doesn't really seem to be face anymore, and that just kind of happened. I don't know. But Disco comes out in bright gold pants and a deep purple shirt, and it made us ask... All right, Emily, what'd you get? I got Starmie. Star- okay. I was trying to find one that was like shinier. I was also thinking Arbok. Or no, I, Ekans, sorry. I was like, Ekans. I, I'd say Ekans. I was between the two of them, but I went Starmie because it was a little shinier. The issue is Starmie has the big red gem in the, in the center of it. Yeah, but it's still mostly purple and gold. And then the other thing, and I mine suffers with this as well. When he wrestles, the purple is entirely gone, so it's just the gold. Yeah. Well. I went with Lipard. Yeah, that's a good one. Who is a Gen 5 Pokemon, so I know that that's outside of your wheelhouse. I know, Lipard. I'm playing the games. I just don't want you to pull out some random ones that, like, nobody gives a shit about. Lipard's a random Gen 5 Pokemon. Like, I don't blame... Yes, but if you're playing the games, Lipards are very common. I'm trying to think what game you would have played where it's common. It's like... I guess Sword and Shield yeah. is all over the place, yeah. Sorry, I've kind of forgotten Sword and Shield. I like Sword and Shield better than Diamond and Pearl at this point. Yeah, that really needed to be Platinum. That's another here or there. Yeah, I'm almost done with that game, though. I just got to go to the Elite Four. Match starts. Evan Courageous starts fast-paced early on. Like He's like, okay, he's on offense. We get an atomic drop, a clothesline, and then stomps in the corner from Disco. He then get a scoop slam, and then the dancing elbow drop. <laughs> Is he, that what it's called? I mean, it might as well be. He okay. dances on, the, on Brett's rope and then hits an elbow drop. He then goes for it again, and I'm like, well, clearly, Courageous is going to move. Yeah. And he does. I actually didn't hate Evan Courageous in this, this match. He's It's like showcasing him in a way that doesn't make him look small or weak, or Disco look small or weak. I mean, it's an unnecessary match, yes, but it gave him like a good like showing, yeah, I, I no, thought. I have no issue with him. It's just like, I know you're not doing anything with him, yeah. so I don't care about him. Whatever, I'll take good wrestling when I can get it. On commentary, they chat about the Nitro Grill in Las Vegas. Did they? I missed that. God, I was not listening to commentary. I don't like Scott Hudson. I don't care when he speaks. Oh, because Bobby Heenan's going to be doing a signing there. So I think with some of the Nitro Girls. Courageous gets a brief advantage, but Disco hits a swinging neck breaker. But then get a quick snap suplex from Courageous. Disco stops short of a drop kick from Courageous, and then he hits the last dance and wins. Yeah, it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't bad. Just why? That's the thing. Like... Again, like, not a bad episode per se, just really boring and lackluster. Like, I know you're not doing anything with Courageous, but like, you're also, for some reason, not doing anything with Disco. Yeah, it feels like we haven't seen him wrestling in the ring in a long time. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like a few weeks at least. Yeah, I don't even know how long it's... 
been since we saw him wrestle, but he he hasn't been doing anything. So even yeah. when we see him, it's not super memorable. I mean, yeah. last thing he did was feud with the cat where he was a face, and now he's not. And it's like, okay. Yeah. But he hasn't been feuding with the cat for a while. This match is pretty much the epitome of why we don't watch Thunder. Oh my god, yeah. I would want to die if we were watching Thunder. Or I don't want to record episodes of us talking about thunder like i right. i don't mind putting it on in the background but it's just like there would pick okay cool here's here's the moves toss the match <laughs> moving on we go backstage tori wilson and david flair chat and have no chemistry oh my god david flair has the like thousand yard stare at the beginning of this he's just completely zoned out staring at a wall or something could not be less interested in what's going on he's tori wilson laying on him it couldn't be less interested I mean, I, I'd, I'd be distracted if Tori Wilson was... <laughs> but he wasn't distracted by Tori Wilson. He yeah. was just distracted by, like... He was, he just looked zoned out. This leads into a U.S. title slash David Flair package. I'm just like, can we be done with this? Yeah. Then get the Nitro girls again. Backstage, Sid tries to yell over the Nitro theme. So he goes from, like, shouty to grunty mumbles. That is Sid promos. Really? Yes. Yeah, Does he like he... kind of whisper mumble? Yes, because I, I I think I've cut me doing the impression because it just comes off like doing Randy Savage. Yeah, but it's the same. Your Randy Savage is very similar to your Sid. We then get a road wild graphic for the Jersey Triad versus Harlem Heat. Then get our fourth match of the night. It's Hugh Morris and Jerry Flynn with, with Jimmy my Hart. boy with your boy Jimmy Hart versus Dean Malenko and Shane Douglas. I literally said Shane Douglas for some reason. They're aligned. I don't know why these two teams are facing each other. But Maybe that's what the for some reason was. Yeah, no. I think they're getting the uh, Finley. I guess, well, Finley's not even there. They're getting the Regal story a little more sorted out this week. Like, all right, yeah. Let's, let's take a week off and figure out what the figure hell we're going to do. what's happening here. How injured is Finley? Like, he's seriously messed up, right? I think we said he will be back for like three or four months. Okay, yeah. Match starts, Dean quickly dodges a spinning heel kick and the faces clear the ring and the heels regroup on the outside. Morris and Douglas tag in and their timing is off, so... They're really awkward. Yeah, Dean just tags back in. Yeah, like, Let me get good. this shit sorted. <laughs> Mr. Technical needs to get in and fix it. We get a press slam to Shane Douglas and then Hugh Morris goes up top but gets caught with an electric chair drop. Hot tag to Dean and he beats down Flynn until, until a clothesline from the corner. We get two elbow drops and a leg drop from Morris to Malenko and the, as the heels beat down Dean. We get the ref missing the hot tag spot again with Shane Douglas. I don't know why. It just seems to be the, the guys in the revolution doing that spot. Yeah. Flynn misses a boot in the corner and Douglas gets the hot tag. And it's pretty basic stuff from him. It really is, in, yeah. Including a power slam. All four men get in the ring. Dean drop kicks Hugh Morris into Jimmy Hart. Flynn accidentally hits a diving clothesline onto Hugh Morris. And then Douglas hits a Pittsburgh plunge and the faces win. On the way to the back, Dean takes the hardcore trophy for some reason. Yeah, the trophy was not on the line. <laughs> he just kind of robbed Jimmy. For I mean, Jim, how dare you? I mean, Jimmy robbed it. Yeah, but who did it truly belong to? Does it belong Finley. to Finley? Officially, because <laughs> as he's leaving, Dean does say to the camera, like, Finley, this is coming back to where it belongs. Oh, okay. I missed Yeah. The... I just thought he was just, like, bringing it back to its honor. I didn't realize it, was, it belonged to Finley. Ah, uh-huh, so we won't see that for three months. Got it. Yeah. It's a good trophy. I want that trophy. This is another fine match. Like, it was fine. Yeah, this one wasn't bad. It was just, again, fine, boring, yeah. safe, safe. I should stop saying boring. They're safe. No risks are being taken, even, yeah. like, with anything. Yeah, neither of these teams are feuding with each other and are actively in feuds with other people. So it was just like, yeah. and no That's one else I'm got saying. involved or it's like, okay. That's why I'm saying it's very house show energy. Nothing is on the line. Even house shows have more stories than yeah. this. We get a road wild graphic for Goldberg versus Rick Steiner. Unclear if the TV title is on the line. Yeah, I don't know. Then get a Goldberg video package, which I was surprised they actually had the music for. Yeah, because he hasn't. I don't like him coming out to his new theme. I've decided I do not like it, and I want the new one. I want the old one back. Oh, did he have the new he theme? He did or? later on. He came out to his to the new like Megadeth theme. Okay, so just for context, I think I, I did watch the second half of this episode via the original file. So I heard the Megadeth theme. But weirdly, last week on Peacock, or the week before, it was the old school Goldberg theme. This On Peacock, it was also the Megadeth theme. So that's weird. So they're switching to that for some reason. That's bizarre. I hate it. Oh, it's not a good theme, but that's unreal. It doesn't... It, it diminishes the character of Goldberg. It, like, makes him feel, like, less of a threat. Okay. 
I, I just don't like it as, a, as an entrance. Just the the original, the bum 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 bum. That's just so ma- not, not majestic. It's so grandiose. It's so big. It's a moment. It's it's a mood. It's a vibe. It, it's a, it's vibe. a mood. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. I'm comparing it to um like Daniel Bryan's theme. That's an amazing theme because it is so big. It is such a moment. Even um, Ric Flair's theme. That's big. Yeah, I'd say that more so than Daniel Bryan's. I disagree. Keep... I like I like classical music as people. Well, I, I with Daniel Bryan, I wish they just kept the original Flight of the Valkyries and not the weird WWE remix. I agree. The original Flight of the Valkyrie was great. It it just it really diminishes something when that's gone. And, pro- and props to you for not calling it Flight of the Bumblebee. I I didn't say the name until you said it. <laughs> I noticed. We then get the Nitro Girls. And then on commentary, they plug the main event and DDP versus Chris Benoit for later in the night. Woo. And Scott Hudson's talking a bit about Rick Steiner. So Rick Steiner just comes out. And beats him down. Yeah, just hits a belly-belly suplex in the ring. And Scott Hudson sells that, like, death, so he's out. So Rick Steiner goes to hit punches, and Hudson's not selling because he's like, no, I'm already knocked out. <laughs> uh, bang, I'm dead. Bang, I'm dead. <laughs> Like, he had talked a bit about the like the violence of Rick Steiner, but it didn't feel warranted. It wasn't like an all night kind of thing no, of like it, it came out of nowhere, much like Will Smith came out of nowhere. <laughs> we've literally acknowledged that Joe's going to be dated by the time this episode comes out. And you're I know, but that. it's not dated right now. <laughs> they come back from commercial. Eric Bischoff is now on commentary, and like he's like, "All right, I need people to find Bobby Heenan. Where'd he go?" Yeah, Bobby Heenan just ran away. Dude, I don't blame him. <laughs> I guess in Shoot and Kayfabe, Bobby Heenan has like a bad neck. So it's like, yeah. all right, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. But just like Eric Bischoff, very like disappointed dad again, just comes and sits down and tries to like take over commentary, puts his, his headphones on like, all right, well, he, we're going to keep moving on. He was insufferable to me on this episode. You think so? I oh. didn't hate him. When he was calling the action, it was fine. It was when he was trying to like be the voice of the company. I'm just like, shut the mm. fuck up. Uh, they load Scott Hudson into an ambulance, and Eric Bischoff just like very quickly moves on, and then we just hear. Yes, I yes, hate very rap. sad. Anyway, here's rap scrap. <laughs> and yeah, so I hate rap plays, and it's just Bobby Duncan Jr., which was weird. Yeah, it took me a while to realize because I only know them in the group setting when it's got the whole graphic of everybody's name. I thought this was Kendall Wyndham. Again, Kendall Wyndham is bald. Fuck. So I thought it was Barry Wyndham. Barry Wyndham has such unique gear that I don't. It's the hair. So it's Bobby Duncan Jr. versus Perry Saturn. I wrote, I assume this will end with their teams running out. Before the match even starts, it's interfered. Well, we'll talk about that. Because Kurt Hennig comes out, and he's talking before the match even starts about Kurt Hennig wannabes. And he takes offense to Chad Brock. He's going to be here next oh, week, Chad ripping him off. And he keeps calling him other names. And you can feel Eric Bischoff be like, it's Chad Brock. Stop calling him, you know. He's doing the Chris Jericho thing of calling Chick him. Chick Bork. Yeah. <laughs> but Nick, did you notice the shirt that Kurt Henning was wearing? Did you take note of it? I, get, I thought it was just the standard rap is crap world tour. It is. However, we had a clearer view of where the world tour went. Oh, I missed this. Oh, I didn't. Because you know where the very first stop was? Baltimore, Maryland. Ah, Should have gone. <laughs> I know. What a bummer. I looked on YouTube to see if there were any clips of that from Baltimore. There's not. But it went to... We were wrong. It didn't just stay in the South. I have all the dates. Um, it went to Baltimore, D.C., New Orleans, Chicago, Atlanta, and Fort Lauderdale. Didn't even touch Texas. I could be wrong, but I think that's literally just where the nitros were in the oh, upcoming week. <laughs> Great American Bash, I want to say, was in Baltimore. They probably On June 13th? Yep, Emily, that was a Sunday. So it's just the, <laughs> just the upcoming Nitros. Which that's had funny. probably already happened by the time the shirt came out. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Oh, that made me very happy. <laughs> but I was just so happy that the first thing listed was Baltimore. But yeah, Eric Bischoff is getting absolutely flustered at, at Kurt Hedding being like, ah, you know, chip 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 boy coming out. Chippy boy. <laughs> Chad Brock. It's like, okay, dude. Literally, who cares? Like, he did it every time. And I'm like, buddy, we we get it. You don't need to correct. Kurt can't hear you. You don't have to correct him every time. But also, who's Kurt? Or not Kurt. Who's Chad? <laughs> Apparently, he actually, like, wrestled a, l- a little bit at the power plant before he became a country star. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's a country singer? Yeah. 
I know I looked up his Spotify, but I didn't listen to any of the songs. He has two hits. Yes. And apparently, I think that's it. Because I think they mentioned that he then has now, two forever, hits. Then now forever, he has two hits. <laughs> Perfect for the WWE. So he'll be here next week. I wonder if Peacock will actually have that segment or not. Uh, well, we know to look for it at least. Yes. And he is not the only musical artist in the pipeline. I think we noted... Um, I don't, know if, I don't know if we had a date for it, but we, we've noted it previously, and they remind us on this episode, KISS will be performing oh, on yes. the 23rd. We're getting there. So we have three weeks. It's exciting. So, so ba- I'd say back to this match, however, not match really. match hasn't really started. <laughs> Henning is still on the mic, and he says that Saturn is more likely from the other planet, Uranus. Oh, got him! This pisses Saturn off, who gets blindsided by Bobby Duncan, and the bell rings... Saturn then hits his finisher, the Death Valley driver, on Duncan, who just rolls out of the ring. Saturn grabs a mic and challenges Hedig to a match. Yeah, so match starts, ends, and then another match starts. It doesn't even end. He doesn't pin him. He just oh, rolls true. out of the ring. I figure since he's doing his finisher, it's over. Yeah, Hedig then gets in the ring and the bell rings. And they're like, okay, I guess this is a match now. I don't know why you did the Bobby Duncan thing. I could not tell you. It seems kind of unnecessary well it seems very unnecessary to have bobby duncan even there well have him just come out with kurt why are you doing i don't know so hennig bumps around like a boss early on until until he works over saturn with help from bobby duncan hennig hits a sneaky low blow like a professional sneaky gets the ref distracted and then he does a little back kick it's like yeah good saturn gets a bit of offense but hennig uses his ripped shirt to his advantage Belly-to-belly suplex to Hennig, and then Saturn knocks Duncan off the apron. Hits a Death Valley driver to Hennig, and then the Wyndham's come in and break up the break up the pin for a DQ. Kurt does like a head squeeze twist thing with Perry's head between his thighs. I don't think I've seen that before. It didn't look like especially good, but oh, I just like yeah. a, a, ma- a move that I've not seen before. Yeah, it's a weird one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not particularly impressive. Not impressive, but I, it's new. Anyway. So yeah, bummer of a DQ finish. They try to hogtie Saturn, apparently, until Dean Malenko and Shane Douglas come out and the heels bail. Eric Bischoff tries to write off the delayed save as, you know, there's not a lot of monitors backstage, so uh, I'm sure they came as quick as they can. Yeah, stop bringing attention to production. Just stop it. I thought the match itself was pretty good, but the lame ending kind of hurt it. The match itself was good. The weird beginning with Bobby Duncan and the botch ending was... Well, no, it wasn't a botch ending. It was just a poorly designed ending. Bad ending. It, it's if it's a good thing sandwiched between two bad things, like peanut butter and jelly is good, but if it's between two pieces of moldy bread, like it's still gross. The Dungum thing was confusing. It didn't ruin the segment for me. the The DQ finish I was just like, as I said at the start of this, I assume this will end with their teams running out. And it did. Yep, I'm like. It shouldn't... I know wrestling... I've said before, booking wrestling is easy, but, like, it doesn't need to be that easy, guys. Right. I don't know. And the hog tying was weird. Yeah. I think it was because they weren't supposed to get as far as they did because it took a little while for Dean and Shane to come out. So I wonder if they're like, okay, well, we have to kind of slow it up here because... You know, we, we're not supposed to actually hog tie them. And right. We, we, and we're running out of time. And we're, we're doing it. <laughs> I mean, I guess these teams don't have matches for the pay-per-view, so maybe they'll face each other there. Maybe. I mean, I guess. I guess that wouldn't be the worst match if they actually, like, put effort into it and do it well. No, if you do... The Revolution versus the Ravis Crabs? Yeah, I mean, I I was going to say, if you, if you, assuming Benoit will not be in that match, because he seems to be in, in two other stories... Yeah. If you just do a six-man, how can the them manage or have Bobby Duncan manage? Like, okay, you can get a good, good match out of that. But speaking of Chris Benoit, we then get a David Flair-Chris Benoit recap, including the DDP interference, which leads into DDP versus Chris Benoit. Almost immediately, DDP sends the jersey triad to the back, and I'm like, I assume that won't last. And it mostly mm, does. It, it does mostly last. Like, I think that that was, that was like a show of respect, I think. Or like, not of respect, of just like, no, I, this is mine. I'm going to do it. Yeah, pride. Pride, yes. God, words are hard today. I'm tired. How did you feel about the start of this match, Emily? The spitting matchup? <laughs> they spit in each other's face to start yeah, the match. Yeah, that was good. Good time. I will say I did expect it to be more fucky because Charles Robinson was the ref. Yes, I. but I think it, it's almost important to have him ref 
matches where things aren't fucky. Yeah. Just kind of like reestablish his like he is, cre- credibility. He, yeah, he is a referee at the end of the day. Yeah. And Sting is now in control. But that doesn't matter. No, apparently not. So they trade hard shots and DDP hits a back suplex. Benoit counters a suplex attempt into a crossface, but DDP is in the ropes. DDP goes for a diamond cutter, but Benoit counters it into a back suplex, but then DDP runs him into the corner. Get a nice snap suplex from Benoit as the two trade momentum. Like, it's a lot of back and forth here. It was good. It is, yeah. Get a spinning power bomb from DDP, followed by a double-A spine buster. DDP complains about the count with referee Charles Robinson, and they're like, oh yeah, it's like weird that he's not favoring DDP here. Right. Like, like, really? I had to like really think about it. Like, wait, did the triad turn on David? Like... Did I miss something? Am I forgetting something? No. Charles Robinson should be, like, totally for DDP right now. Yeah, to a certain degree. I mean, DDP's not the one buttering his bread. It's very much a, like, oh, you're helping out. Yeah, but they're all on the same team, I think. I wouldn't say the same team. They just have similar interests. Like, Like, they're aligned. I wouldn't say they're on the same team. I guess. I don't know. Oh, this is where... Uh, Eric Bischoff notes on commentary that like, yeah, Sting's just gonna give up control of the company. Yeah, okay, I did not hear this at all. He does also note this in the the middle of a Chris Benoit superplex. I'm like, dude, there's a match going on. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't notice it. Because yeah, he does a lot of superplexes and they look good. I like them. He does what I guess now is known as the Suplex City spot, which is like the the triple Germans. Mm-hmm. But he does double bridging Germans. I know. I know. I was like, Evelyn's gonna love this. I love it. He goes for a third one, but DDP stops it with, with, with a low blow, which is not as sneaky as Kurt Hennig's, but it's Charles Oh, Robinson. it is absolutely not sneaky at all. We get like a spinning Uranagi type maneuver from DDP, and then Benoit hits a jumping DDT, which is... Which looked That's so confusing. Sim- I know. It was a little bit of a mouthful. <laughs> a jumping DDT onto DDP. Which is similar to DDP's Diamond Dream move, but Benoit then hits a diving headbutt, and... He very suddenly knocks David Flair off the apron. Yeah. And he's like, where Again, did you where's come the from? camera work? Can we show these people coming down to the ring to interfere? DDP rolls up Benoit, who then they like double roll through. And Benoit gets the pin. And like to almost a surprise Charles Robinson, who like counts and goes, oh, wait, DDP was down for that? Oh, shit. <laughs> so Chris Benoit wins. And the Jersey Triad then come down and Benoit fights them off until DDP surprises him with a diamond cutter. <laughs> Then hits a second, then hits a super diamond cutter and some belt shots. Yeah, he took Charles Robinson's belt Is off. Is that where it came from? Yeah, it's history. Charles Robinson's belt. He took his belt off and just starts whipping him with it. Yeah, no help from the revolution no. here. I'm like, what? Okay. Thoughts on the match? I like this match This a is lot. a very good match. <laughs> this is my favorite match. Tonight. I mean, not shocking that no. yeah, Benoit, DDP. I could have I guessed. Yeah, because they were actually given the time and allowed to have a good match and not like... And, you know... I guess, you know, a note of interference, but a clean, you know, he pins him clean. Clean, yeah. But I definitely get the vibe that this match will happen again either next week or on the pay-per-view. Or both. Yeah, or both. We go backstage. Sid whispers about how he will be the Millennium Man. (laughs) He whispers. Did he not whisper? No, he did. We get a Road Wild graphic for Randy Savage versus Dennis Rodman, which prompts a Mean Gene interview with the Macho Man Randy Savage. And advertise Gorgeous George, but uh, she's not here. No. Savage starts by saying that he's putting his campaign on hold. Oh, darn. Oh, thank God. Well, so because- he can put his full attention toward this because he doesn't want to no, interfere be- his it's presidential had- run. It's because he has a hit list, according to him. Oh, God. He says that George is under lock and key and that Hogan, you're dead. Nash, you're dead. Rodman, you're super dead. Wait, what's super dead versus regular dead, Randy? I don't know. I did note that. I forgot. I didn't think of that as a hit list, but yeah, you're absolutely. It is a hit list. Well, he literally says I have a hit list. I didn't it's hear not the even word like, hit I'm list. like, oh, I'm like, you know, trying to find the phrase. Oh, this is another instance of uh, him calling out Dennis Rodman, going, "I can't wait for Road Wild." Yeah. Which prompts Mona to come out again in a long dress. I'm like, get she's, off it, girl. She's still in the glamorous long ball gown with the long um, white gloves. She asks Savage Mona. to join yeah. his team again. And Jean's like, she's loyal. Like, you, you know, you, you should reward that. Like, you know, she wants to help you Give out. Give her a chance. Like, why not? And then it gets a little uncomfortable. He very aggressively asks Mona if she's loyal and like kind of grabs her by the chin and pushes her, her to her ground. knees and yeah. tells her to beg. 
and Gene is like, I don't want any part of this. And Savage yeah, is like, no, no, like, no, you fucking stay here. It's like, oh, okay. This isn't fun. Nope. I did think it would get darker and it, luckily Dennis Rodman comes out, which is a phrase <laughs> I never thought I'd say. Uh, he comes out with 4x4 four four and Swole from the No Limit Soldiers. And I'm like, okay. I will say, upon rewatching, those two guys are, like, trying to talk him down and, like, be like, dude, stop. You got to go back backstage. Like, don't do this. Like, they're not hyping him up. They're being like, dude, don't. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what that counts for. It doesn't count for much, but I will say, like. Also, keep in mind, at the end of the day, they are saying, no, Dennis Rodman, don't go help that woman. Okay, well. So, are you, are you sure you want to praise them on that? I wasn't thinking about it like that. I was thinking they were trying to de-escalate the situation. Well, Robin has a mic and he asked Savage if he's mad because he had sex with his girl. And I'm like, did you? I mean, that turns last week's segment into a rape segment. So that's fun. Yeah. But again, we we talked last week about how he throws the boas at Savage. And George didn't have the boas by the end of that segment. So I don't actually believe even That's in kayfabe true. that dennis rodman had he's sex with Grover short. Yeah, yeah he's just trying to rile him up okay well i like to pre- I'd, I'd like to believe that let's do that rodman yeah so sometimes we like adding a little bit of um kayfabe and backstory just because it makes us feel to better. make it a little bit nicer but rodman says once you go black you never go back uh. there's a lot of audio drops here of the of production being like nope like cut cut that audio which it's all the word ass too they yeah. cut the word ass and asshole like n- None of it seems super bad, but no. Eric Bischoff is like, cut their microphone. Oh my god, we we should be we shouldn't be airing this. What's happening? It's like shut the unless fuck we up. missed something. No, because I watched the live yeah. podcast version, and it was like, but I swear Peacock actually has less edits than uh, the oh, live really? broadcast somehow. I don't know how, but I'm just like, yeah, it's it's very choppy, and it ends with Mona hitting a low blow on Savage. Rodman comes in and clotheslines him. Then hits two elbow drops, and they go to commercial as Dennis Rodman is signaling for a mic, and Eric Bischoff's like, no, no, get him. No, no, cut no. off, cut off. We're done. It, this could have been a significantly worse segment. Yeah. It was still exhausting to watch. Yeah. Being a wrestling fan is exhausting. It would shock me if Dennis Rodman sticks around after Road Wild, so. That's good. Yeah. Let's just move on out of yep. that. We get a Road Wild graphic for Sid versus Sting. And then we get our uh, second to last match of the night. It is Vampiro with the Insane Clown Posse and Raven versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, somebody asked when we're going to do a Insane Clown Posse like retrospective kind of look in. Oh, we will do it whenever they actually have a match. If when they do. We, when we feel inspired. Although on commentary, Eric Bischoff notes, because we, we haven't talked about this in a while, the Insane Clown Posse track that Vampiro is coming out to was produced by Tommy Boy Records. Oh, I forgot about Tommy Boy Records. Yes, that, that's. Well, I'm pretty sure that's been the, like the first mention of that since. Yeah. Since they're like, oh yeah, it's gonna change the way wrestling and music are done. Well, also on commentary, Bischoff also mentions like, oh yeah, that last segment. That's just live TV being unpredictable. Like, but this is scripted. I mean, if I, in his defense, although, you know, you did book the segment. Yeah. You wrote it. It's scripted. You wrote it. I mean, at this point in time, I don't trust Randy Savage and Dennis Rodman to keep to a script. They probably also didn't really have. I mean, fair. But, like, it's not unpredictable. Come on. You knew this was going to happen. It's the most predictable. It was also where he notes that they can't air any of the clips from the Nitro Girls pay-per-view. Yes. Okay. This is where it was. Match starts. Eddie shows his recent viciousness early on. And he gets tripped up pretty blatantly by the ICP. And the ref is just like, that's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't send him to the back. Just nope. don't, no DQ. Just, okay, no, that's fine. Vampiro hits a suplex, tosses Eddie the outside on top of a cameraman. <laughs> Poor cameraman. The ICP go to stomp Eddie, but Raven stops them. And I'm like, okay, that's the interesting thing there. We'll see if they do anything with that. Probably not. Back inside, we get a belly-to-belly suplex to Eddie. We then get like a chokeslam Uranagi kind of move from Vampiro. Then goes up top, but is caught with an arm drag. Vampiro goes for a spin kick, but Eddie counters it and drops, drops Vampiro pretty gently on the top rope. It was it was smooth. It just wasn't super hard hitting. Yeah. Eddie goes up top, but Raven throws him off the top rope, and then Vampiro hits his hoovy driver, which, again, might be called the nail in the coffin. They didn't say it this week. And he gets the win. ICP stomp Eddie after the match, and Ray and Conan make the save with a chair. 
Okay. Um, did you take note of what Conan was wearing? I'm sorry. Did you, did you take note of what Conan was not wearing? A shirt. No. He was wearing a shirt. Was he? Yeah. What was he not wearing? Shoes. He was <laughs> in his comfies. He was in his like, comfy t-shirt and shorts, like like co- cozy shorts and socks. Well, I can't wait for Lenny and Lodi to talk about Conan's outfit next week. <laughs> he literally had no intention. I don't think he had any intention of being on TV this week. He was in his comfies backstage. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> Thoughts on the match itself? I didn't really have much of a thought. Like no, it, it was, was fine. it was fine. Yeah, another one of these were it was fine. It, it, it held my attention enough. It didn't go su- super long. It none of these matches went long. I will say that, but they just were not interesting. I did not. I I had a hard time taking note because like nothing was happening. Nothing was exciting me. Like everything's very safe. Like you even said, like yes, the moves looked good. They were smooth, but nothing was hard hitting. Yeah. Nothing actually like was impactful. I don't know. I'm torn on something with this group, too. Hmm. I want to know more about Raven's involvement with them, but I know Raven's out of here real yeah, soon. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter. So it doesn't matter. I'm like, okay. Kind of curious what happens with that. But, we, yeah, we'll eventually do a, a little more of a look-in on the ICP. Eventually. I'll research we'll, we'll, it. Yeah, we'll set the date for whenever they actually wrestle. Okay. I feel like that's a good a time as any. I think that's fair. I want. Do you know for a fact that they do? No, but I assume they do. Okay. They're, they are wrestlers, so... Oh, yeah, because there's the Insane Clown Posse that's the music group, and there's the Insane Clown Posse that's the wrestling group. Yeah. We, but they're also the same yeah. group. It's so they're confusing. associated. I don't know. But yeah, we're going to have a fun talk about, about Juggalos. Which is different than a gigolo. Yes. Because <laughs> I was thinking about the song that I'm just a gigolo, and it's not a juggalo. No, they are, they are not Buff Bagwell. Bagwell's a gigolo. He was for a little bit. Anyway. Oh, and, oh, and speaking of Buff Bagwell, yeah, we were not ready for the the, the uh, 2022 face turn of Buff Bagwell. Yeah, no, we were not. It came at a really unfortunate time in our timeline. Yeah. It's like, when is he going to be MVP? It's like, he just did blackface. Let's, like a uh, week ago. Yeah. Can we not? <laughs> like, props to you in 2022, but like, let's, you know, at the same time, we're reviewing a, a weekly show in 99, so. Which we're still in the middle of a storyline for, where I'm like, let's make sure, yeah, he, let's let's make sure he doesn't do it again. Let's wait until he has a good week also he's like not on the show at all no he's not at all no someone who will be on this show at some point in the near future is the person we have a super weird like promo package for up next it's berlin i bet you've forgotten who berlin is i don't think that was on peacock oh was not i have no note of that oh it's it's set to a really crappy version of o fortuna i don't think that was on peacock ah okay well, Berlin is coming back. Emily, do you remember who Berlin is? Oh, I remember. It's um Alex whatever's face. Right. It's the guy that had the uh, the gimmick that was a little too close to the Columbine shooter. <laughs> or the it? look that was too yeah, close it was, to it. Yeah, it was Yeah. Little, yeah. <laughs> there like one week and it's like, oh, Alex never mind. Alex Reitman? Yeah. No, Alex right, Wright. Right. I was close. But yeah, Berlin is coming back. Cool. Did uh-huh. he give a date? No. I liked him. Veer, I liked Veer him is coming to Raw. <laughs> I liked him. Oh, wait. His... Veer will have debuted by the time this comes out. I just realized he'll have debuted. Or actually, oh God, what if he hasn't by the time this comes out? What if he just doesn't debut? <laughs> or what What if this is all just a ploy to get the Funkasaurus again? Like, what if... Oh, that joke is fully happening. If people go with, like, somebody call his mama. Some call my mama. I'm ready for it. Come, comes out, the cat is his manager. Oh my. So let's move on to our main event. I feel like we're actually getting to this. I know, we went through this episode pretty quick. Yeah. But before we get to our main event... Eric Bischoff invites Hulk Hogan out for commentary, and Bobby Heenan just bails again. He's like, no. Bobby Heenan's like, if you have him, you don't need me. I'm out. I do like that just that that is continuing throughout the years that Bobby Heenan hates Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, heel or face. Like, nope, Hogan's an asshole. I also just don't think that Bobby Heenan likes his job, so he'll take any opportunity to not do it. (laughs) Yeah, Bobby Heenan was halfway to the airport when when Eric Bischoff was like, can we find Bobby? Yeah, no. (laughs) Hogan tries to shake Bobby's hand, and Bobby's like, no. And there's a line from Hogan that I'm just like, I feel like you you don't get it, brother. What's wrong with Heenan? Why doesn't he just fall in line? It's like, okay. Wow, way to, uh, way to bury the man for having an individual opinion. But let's move on actually to our main event. It is Sid Vicious and Rick Steiner versus Sting and Goldberg. And Sid Vicious now has a theme. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. It's not bad. Okay. I don't I, know if it slaps. It, it, it's, no, it's not his Psycho Sid theme. I'll put it that way. Well, it can't be a Psycho Sid theme, right? Well, I'm saying it's not on that level of quality. Oh, okay. Is that, a, is that a slapper? 
Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, chef kiss. But um, <laughs> I was listening to it on YouTube and somebody described it as um, 80s pool hall and like, gr- like grungy bar music. And I'm like, that's about right. Yeah. Goldberg comes out with his Megadeth theme. Which I hate. Sid and Steiner almost seem to leave before the match starts, but then charge the ring together, but the faces clear the ring. And commentary here talks about the massive scar on the back of Goldberg's head. Yeah, this is where like, they Yeah, they had to like, glue him up backstage. I'm like, what happened? What did he do? I'm guessing like it's not something wrestling related. I, I, I thought it was from him getting beat down backstage. Like he just, you know, clipped his head on something. Maybe. But it wasn't like we saw a bunch of blood pouring out of the back of his head. Yeah, and like if he got hit on his in the back of his head, like that's a that's a spot that you will well, never stop bleeding. When, interesting to note that because do you know what Goldberg doesn't do in this match? Mm. Tag in. Oh my god, he doesn't. Yeah. So I wonder if Goldberg is a bit fucked oh up. Oh my god, didn't I didn't act- even realize they didn't actually clear him to wrestle, so he just kind of comes out. Because I think minus like a, like a you know that spot right there, he doesn't even do anything. Oh my god, I did not even notice that he did not get in the ring. Well, I think I only noticed because there's a theme of that. It's pretty sloppy for a little while early on, but they finally get it together as the heels work over Sting and Sid yells at the crowd. <laughs> Sting hits a bulldog, doesn't go for the tag, and gets choke slammed by Sid, but Goldberg breaks up the pin. Sting then gets worked over to Goldberg chance and... Hogan gets annoyed on commentary at the ref missing the cheating, which I guess does play into the finish. So it, I didn't hate um, Hogan on commentary. How did you feel about him on commentary? The, I mean, they're really stroking each other's egos a lot. I but felt like, aggressively neutral. Like he, 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 it could have been worse though. Yeah, it could have been really offensively bad. Well, I was laughing at him, at him just getting so annoyed at the ref. Yeah, and like, I'm gonna have to do something about this. Like, shut what, up. What are you gonna do? Well, he actually does do something, so I guess that foreshadows That's it. That's true. I thought he meant like politically, like backstage. No, I thought he was gonna like go in and beat up the ref. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so Sting once again like has a moment attacking Goldberg and doesn't, and then goes for a splash on on Sid, and Sid gets his knees up. Sid misses a leg drop, and Sting locks in the Scorpion Deathlock, but Rick breaks it up. Sid and Sting work their way over to the ropes, and Rick grabs a chair while the ref is distracted with Goldberg. Hogan stops Rick Steiner, takes the chair from him, hits Rick, and then hits Sid with the chair. And I'm like, DQ? And it was! It was! It was good. Yeah, Goldberg never tagged in. Nash suddenly appears and jackknifes Hogan through the announce table, and they run out of time. I cannot believe I didn't notice that because he came in to like break up a pin. So to me, he was like involved in the match. Yeah, and he has a little but spot early on, but I don't think he actually wow. bumps at all. Good. I mean, so, yeah, he's I wa- concussed. Yeah, I wonder if he it, might be. You might. You might be on something. Did you like read the Wrestling Observer or anything for this one? No real note on it. Oh wow. Uh, thoughts on the match? I like the match. Yeah, this one kept my attention. <laughs> Again, to me, it was another one like that's oh, fine. But I don't know. I was more willing for fine matches this week than last week. I just don't like being underwhelmed like bored is one thing shocked by the the bad quality is another underwhelmed is different i guess to me now do you stand by that this was a bad nitro this was a very c-tier nitro yeah i mean it wasn't a standout one but in terms it was so boring this is a background noise nitro i don't feel like anything happened like what happens because of this nitro what did this No, yeah, cause? No, I, I mean, I agree with you there. This is a filler episode. No, I don't disagree. I think, yeah, definitely this is nothing special, but... There were just we've, no we, We've watched some bad Nitros, and I would not put this in that category. The wrestling was not offensive, but it was just boring. All right, let's move on to I, what I think might be difficult. Uh, best bit and MVP. <laughs> difficult. Oh, I have my best bit. I just don't have an MVP. I have an MVP. You already know who my MVP is. Emily... Try to think hard. What is your best bit? I gave it to the DDP and um, Benoit match. So did I. Yeah. That was a really good match. That was fun. Yes. In the stinker of an episode. And it actually, you know, had an actual finish. So, you know, you got to give it credit for that. Uh, Emily, who is your MVP? (laughs) Conan. (laughs) Really? We're coming out of PJs. I, I did not have anybody that I thought was remotely worthy of my MVP in this episode. I know. I'm struggling. And yeah, I, and it was I, really well, hard. And, and he made issue, me laugh. And the issue is we, we kind of made the rule we yeah, can't I get know. it to bed more. I was kind of thinking that too. I really don't have anybody, but I'll give it to somebody who was actually managing to juggle multiple stories on the mic and had a decent match. And it's Kurt Hedding. Okay. Best I got. That's fair. <laughs> not, not all MVPs are created equal. <laughs> 
All right, so that's that's it for this episode. Wow, we got through that quick. Yeah, Jesus. So up next will be the go home nitro for Road Wild. We're getting closer and closer to episode fifty. Almost there. It's gonna be a pretty big milestone. Fifty and a hundred are gonna be big. I still don't know what the hell we're gonna do for a hundred. I've had like, fifty planned out for a while. Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, just, something big. I, I wanted to do a little like three episode arc of something. Okay. I just don't know what. We got a lot of time for a hundred. We're not going anywhere anytime soon, folks. Unless Nick and I break up. That's bad news. <laughs> To quote Wade Barrett, I've got some bad, bad news. news. <laughs> All right, so I guess we should call it there, huh? I guess so. Cool. Where can they find us? You can listen to all of our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And then you can follow us on Twitter at Butts in the Pod, Instagram, same same name. And then search the Butts and Seeds podcast on Facebook. Yeah. We try our best to reply to... For pretty, the most part, yeah. all of them, yeah. We see everything, and it always makes us happy when we see those comments. So, thank you for doing that. Emily, any final thoughts to stretch the runtime before we get out of here? <laughs> um, no, I, just, I gotta go pack for this wedding. Oh my god, yeah. It's not, again, not me. My sister's getting married. Congratulations to Amanda and Brandon. I think Amanda listens to this podcast every once in a while. So, congrats. We should say terrible things about her. And, 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 and that, that's how something. we'll know. Keep an eye out for the next episode. Should be within the next two weeks. But until then, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts the Seat Podcast. Bye.